Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The NBA draft is two hours away. The Class AA State Football Championship is two days away. Tutel and Nuanas, we are here and we are now. It is uh, Tutel and Nuanas, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on a, what is this, Wednesday afternoon. Certainly happy to be on board with you. Thanks for letting us be there on your radios, on your TVs across the great state, and uh, on the internet, as the case may be. You can listen to us live all the time via the stream 1029ESPN.com you go there, you jump in the stream anytime you'd like to thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity if you'd like to pick up your phone and call you can do that as well 361-3688 is the phone number, all guests join us via the Rankish Brothers RV phone line, you can also text that phone number as well we'd love to have your feedback uh, in here anytime that we can get it, we want to hear what you have to say and uh, and get into it let's see what we got in the show today first of all it is the nba draft it starts tonight at about six o'clock we will bring it for you here live on espn radio notably state of montana tied trace tinkle 
Hellgate, uh, Missoula Hellgate uh, graduate, obviously playing for his dad, Wayne, over there at Oregon State in his college career. Outstanding player there. He is hoping to have his name called uh, tonight in the NBA draft. We'll get into him and also some other Montana ties or potential Montana ties uh, from the state of Montana when it comes to the NBA and the NBA draft. It is a Wednesday. We're going to give you wings to the Desperado. Coulter's got some trivia for you, so we will get into that. Give you a quick classy eight-man update, which we didn't get into too much, just uh, they went through their semifinal round over the uh, weekend. The Flint Creek Co-op, Phillipsburg, and Drummond, uh, they're in the uh, state championship game, so we'll get into that a little bit. At the top of the hour, as we do each Wednesday, it is our ESPN roundtable. And this time, we got four, four, count them, four people in on the ESPN roundtable. It is the captains from the Sentinel High School football team as they are undefeated looking to win the school's first state championship since 1972. Dylan Rollins, Dayton Bay, Gino Leonard, Gino Leonard and Soren Sievrud uh, all came in here and uh, had a conversation with us, so we will bring that to you at the top of the hour. And also, we do have, we have spoken now in the last 24 hours to both the uh, head men's coach at Montana State for basketball and the head men's coach at the University of Montana for basketball, Danny Sprinkle and Travis DeCure. Uh, well, uh, the uh, the official final non-conference schedule is available and out, so we will take a look at that and do a little compare and contrast. So there you go. That is the show for you on a Wednesday afternoon. Coulter, how you feeling? You ready to roll? We get basketball-heavy show today. I have to make you feel good. <laughs> Man, remember when you used to be able to play basketball? I mean, you can play basketball. You're right. Not necessarily in uh, pickup games, though. No. But, you know, I never got picked anyway, so I still just go out and play just one-on-none like usual. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're such a sad sack. I know. Uh, Coulter, uh, what are you doing? Great. You're wearing your fancy shirt. I know. How are you, uh, you feeling with the level of um, body temperature? Hate it. Uh, running hot, as usual, and particularly hot. I mean, it's... You know, in summer, it's hot because the sun's on, and in winter, it's hot because the heater's on, and there's no reprieve for guys like us, Coulter. So, teases for you from a bunch of stuff that's upcoming. Mm. So, um, tomorrow, we'll be joined a couple different guests. Rob Stanton, head coach at Billings West, will join us tomorrow. He obviously previewing the Class AA State Championship game against Missoula Sentinel. And then we'll also be joined by Mike Dugar for our weekly 12 for the 12s. Usually happens on Fridays. It's going to happen tomorrow because the Seahawks play the Thursday night game against the Arizona Cardinals. So a couple good guests for tomorrow. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait for that. Uh, on Friday, we, we talked to Travis DeCure for about 40 minutes today. And uh, we're going to take that pieces of sound and make it into basically a three-part, a three-segment little series. Beginning with on Friday, we'll talk to Travis about. Should some be of, clear, we the media, we the media. So yeah, it was Not us and a couple of the sports I. writers and, and and various other people. But uh, Travis Secure, we'll hear from him on COVID. We'll hear from him on the NCAA tournament. We'll hear from him on the schedule, and we'll kind of just play those out throughout the next uh, rest of this week and then into next week. I am going to Billings for the state championship game. Got approved. Got to be on the sideline, which is cool, huge, really excited for it. So I will be out Friday, but we do have a full show, and I'll be participating in the show. We're going to do a little live hit from Billings mm-hmm. when I get there as well on Friday. And then next week, Ryan's out. He's taking That's a week right. off for Thanksgiving. But I got a big uh, three days lined up for you guys. Uh, Monday, we'll be joined by uh, R- Regime Seabrook. Can't wait. And Tuesday, we'll be joined by Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz. And Wednesday, we'll see. But Wednesday's show will also feature an ESPN roundtable with Mike, with Mike Petrino, mm-hmm. Lady Grizz head coach, preview in the season. We also have a r- great interview we recorded with Trajan Cotton uh, earlier this week. 
that we'll share with you next week as well. So, a bunch of stuff coming Plenty. up for everybody. Plenty to do. Well, let's jump into it here, Coulter, as we wind up to the NBA draft, which is this evening. And obviously, nationally, everybody talks about the top of the draft, lottery draft. But we want to talk about this from a, uh, you know, from a, from a Montana angle here. And most notably in this very draft, Trace Tinkle uh, is a, a NBA prospect and, and certainly a draftable player. I don't know, you know, where his draft stock is, uh, you know, relatively speaking, but he, you know, was a a top level player in the PAC 12, especially the last couple of seasons, uh, an outstanding sort of uh, scoring big scoring forward, which is he's, let's put it like this. He's a scoring big. He's a shooting big at the PAC 12 level. He is a guy who has to be that at the NBA level. You know, he's, he's borderline just a guard at the NBA level uh and I'm always interested to I I feel like the NBA is one of the hardest um for me personally to do to kind of assess and do projections on I always you know guys I think are not going to be good turn out to be great other guys I think are pretty fantastic turn out you know to just sort of fade you know fade out a little bit in the in the league to me sometimes but uh, you know, I think Trey Stinkle has some some pretty remarkable skill sets. I think he's a really good shooter of the basketball, which in this day and age is just an absolute requisite. You have to be, uh, and he is that, especially for his size. Uh, and he's you know he's a leader. He's a, got a ton of experience, and I think that there's you know a place for him. I just don't know exactly what where that would be, and I'll be very interested to see what team he goes to because then it will be easier to sit there and kind of look around at the landscape of whatever club that might be and go, okay, you know, I can I can see what, you know, a potential role might be as he, you know, assumably d- does what a lot of guys do as they get drafted, take a couple years to try and, you know, work into the professional game and see how, see how it shapes up for him. But it's an exciting night nonetheless, and a ton of work has gone in to this moment and this potential for him. The... The NBA, we see we see underdog type stories. No matter how you pin underdog, in the NFL, quite often, I do think that the narrative of if you're not a top first or second round draft pick, then all of a sudden, if you blossom into something great, that you're some sort of underdog. I've always thought that narrative was sort of funny because when you talk about an NFL football team or you talk about a football team in general, you're talking about 22 positions, and so if you're a fourth round pick, so you're a pick say, in the the 110 to 140s range, there's still a chance that you're inside the top 10 or maybe even top five players at your position. So it's not as if you're like this crazy underdog. You might be the fourth best offensive guard in college football and not right. go to the fifth round. That <laughs> right. To me, that's not an underdog. And when right. that guy, you know, when the guy who's the fourth best offensive guard in college football from um, Wisconsin or whatever thrives and becomes what, you know, it becomes an everyday NFL star. That that to me is a little bit overblown in terms of guys, you know, that aren't first round picks becoming great players in the NFL. But that said, I think the NBA draft, it's so rare that you're gonna see guys that are drafted outside of the, the lottery, basically, become superstar players. You know, the Gilbert Arenas and CJ McCollum's yeah. of the world, the Draymond Greens, those are very, very, very rare. That's right. I read such a great story about Danny Green, though. You remember Danny Green coming out of college out of North Carolina. And I I can't remember if Danny Green was a lottery pick, but he was certainly a first-round pick. And Danny Green, the story is through the eyes of Danny Green's trainer. He's had the same trainer for his entire career. And when Danny Green got drafted, then he went to work and he said, hey, I'm going to become all these things. And he, he, he called Dwayne Wade, said, give me your 
workout routine. Give me your scoring routine. I want to I want to become, you know, like a slashing type swing man like you. And Dwayne Wade sent him the stuff. But the trainer told Danny Green after working him out for about four months, he said, hey, here's the thing, man. There's only about 20 to 25 guys that are ever going to get the opportunity in the NBA to be a 20 to 25 point per game scorer, to be the number one offensive option on an NBA team. And those guys are either already in the league or they're getting drafted in the top five of the draft, period. So he said, if you want to sit here and bang your head against the wall and like maybe someday become a guy who averages 20 points per game for the Charlotte Bobcats, okay, we can work on it. Yeah. But he said, if you want to have a long-term NBA career, you got to redefine your role. You have to redefine your role. And what did Danny Green do? He said, okay, I, I'm already a tremendous defensive player. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to shoot 10,000 threes a day to become one of the best Seems spot like shooters in the league. And then all of a sudden, bam, here he is, late, you know, however many years later, with multiple rings, so many great moments in the playoffs. And it's not because he learned how to be poor man's Dwayne Wade. It's because he learned how to be rich man's Danny Green. Yeah. And that's what it takes in the NBA. You have to find your role. And that's why I find a guy like Trace Tinkle so interesting. Because I think that on one hand, Trace Tinkle has played as much basketball as any player in this draft. Because of the injury that he suffered at Oregon State, mm-hmm. his career was spanned over five seasons. He played in 126 games, almost every single one of them as a starter. He has a very diverse offensive skill set. He can play facing the basket. He can play in the post. I think his athleticism is severely lacking in terms of an NBA-type guy. But that's that's not going to be the, the determining factor for Trace Tingle. I think if he finds the right fit, I think Trace, because of his dad, because Wayne, former Montana Grizzly basketball player and head coach, had such a great and long career playing professionally overseas. I mean, Wayne played for, I think, 12, maybe 13 years professionally. So his dad can give him advice on how to become a pro. He's already been training like a pro because he's been being coached by his dad since he was a little kid. I was always impressed with him, even when Trace was living in Missoula. The work ethic, yeah. I mean, he lived in Prospect by your family for a while. He was always down at the park working on his game, working on his skills. But what I'm saying is I think that the number one factor that impedes so many guys that are drafted in the top 50 of the NBA draft is they all think they're going to be the next you know, insert name here. They all think they're going to go and be one of the top three scorers on a team. And if you don't recognize what your role can be early, right away, and define yourself based on that, I think you fail. I think if you do find your niche, though, it doesn't just have to be as like the role-playing Danny Green type guy. You could be the rim runner like Montrez Harold, or you could be the energy guy, or you could be the glue guy, whatever it might be. But like I always say, in the NBA, having a super diverse set of skills, but none that are elite is not the answer. Developing an absolutely elite skill is the answer. Because the guys that have the elite skills and are diverse, <laughs> you know, they're named James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. Yeah. You have to figure out how to be Kyle Korver most of the time. And I think that, that but I, I do think, though, because of Trace's background and his acumen and where he played, I guess when, I, I, when I'm thinking, what would be a great fit for him? Well, to me, it's, it's easy. It's the Portland Trailblazers. Because they've probably seen him in person. I think that he would fit well on that roster. And the other thing is if you can make yourself into a consummate pro, you can last a long time because if you're a second-round pick, you don't climb the contract money structure. You can be a guy that's a, you know on a bench for cheap, and that's what a lot of NBA teams are looking for. Um, Trace Tinkle, by the way, to tell Nuanas 1290 ESPN Radio, uh, most of the outlets project him to go undrafted tonight uh if he does get drafted it, you know it's going to be presumably in the latter half of the second round and 
the way that you get drafted at that point is, you know, it's it's odd to say when there's only two rounds and only sixty you know guys sixty guys getting getting their name called to talk about well taking a flyer on a guy or whatever but basically what you're looking for is obviously basketball upside but also the type of person that you think can uh, and will do the work needed to develop what they need to develop and I would think that Trey Stickle certainly would check that box when it comes to teams and their projections and then the conversations that he's certainly had with teams and then you know the question is between the GMs and coaches you know and, and the staff that assess this stuff is is there a franchise that looks in you, at you and says yeah those are the things that we want we we, we like this raw package this raw from an NBA standpoint uh, and you know has potential in areas A, B, and C. If we can develop those and believe that he will and is going to be you know a great guy to have in the locker room, a great guy to have on the team, then then you know maybe you do get your name called. That said, I've always been of the persuasion in both the NFL and the NBA draft that if you're going to be drafted, you know, say in the seventh round in the NFL mm-hmm. or in the last ten picks of the NBA. It's a great thrill to have your name called, and that that certainly is a um, you know it, it it is something there's there's something serious to be said for you if you get drafted in a uh, you know by a professional league. However, Trey Stiegel is going to be on a team somewhere for a summer league or whatever the league is going to be if there is one and for a, a you know a tryout and for you know uh, and, and maybe it's like a developmental thing in a G league or whatever it might be point being if you don't get drafted you just got a whole lot of control and autonomy potentially over where you go it's way more common in the other sports though i mean here's this is just a quick list of of the only undrafted free agents of any consequence in the NBA right now there's only about eight guys of real consequence that are in rotations. Fred Van Vliet, Joe Ingles, uh, Robert Covington, J.J. Barea, Jose Calderon, but, but, Udonis Haslam, Wesley Matthews. That's that's not my point. Being in rotation is... That would be that would be wonderful. The the absolute what, what, ideal goal would to be be on a roster. What, what, right? what and I'm not sure what, that that's what, even what you're cars. more picking at though. And I think this is something that maybe hasn't been explained to the common NBA fan as much. Is a couple years ago they instituted this new two way contract. That's right. You can and so now both. you can you can be both a part of an uh, NBA roster, but also within the G League. Mm-hmm. And we've seen several guys. Will Cherry from Montana was on a two-way contract for a little while. Tyler Hall from Montana State, uh, he's on a two-way contract. And th- that's another interesting factor. And I think that what I, my whole analysis of how guys maybe sometimes misperceive what they should be, I think that's also so true when it comes to the G League. Like, who's who's the his name's escaping me. Who's the guy that plays for the Lakers, the, the backup point guard? Bald guy, headband. Kuzma. No. Backup point guard. Well, I did my best. <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. I the only guy that's completely overmatched on the entire roster. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you're not, you got nothing, huh? Alex something. Caruso. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso had a great interview the other day. They said, how'd you make it out of the G League? He said, I didn't try to lead the G League in scoring. I never for one minute wanted to be the leading scorer in the G League. I wanted to show everybody in the NBA what my role could be in the NBA by playing that role in the G League. How many times have the G League All-Stars or the G League MVP made it to the NBA? Right. Like once? Yeah. It's not what it is. If you can prove that you can sit there and make corner threes all day in the G League, though, then you get called up. And I think that could be a place where Trey Single could excel as well. But all, but all I'm saying is if you have an opportunity through your agent to have 
two or three or four teams that want you in the organization, that want to take a look at you, that would like to have you on their G League team, and you can sit there and assess where you think you fit the best, whether it's from a basketball standpoint or just even more so a personnel standpoint, like a a place where you know you're going to get a fair shake, a place where you know that you can trust the people that are, you know, making the decisions and that are that are taking a look at you, then that's a great advantage to have. And you don't have that if you get drafted. You know, if you get drafted, you have the stock that you got drafted and maybe other teams take note of that. And, and that gets you a little bit of run. But it seems to me if you have a little bit of say over where it is that you land, then then you can, uh, you know, that can also go a long way for you because probably more in football than in basketball, but I think in both, fit is critical when you're down, you know, when you're not a lottery pick. Where, where it is that you go in, in relation to the skills that you have and what a team wants or needs – there's a bunch of players that were NBA caliber players but weren't NBA caliber players on the team that they ended up at and then washed out and went for a long, long time trying to find a place, and many of them never did. You know how we know because we don't know who they are, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the way that it works. And so if you can and find a niche, that is as important as anything to me when you're talking about trying to make the transition from from college or amateur level into the professional ranks and and there's a just a little bit more autonomy in the event that you don't get drafted nonetheless getting your name called on you know a night like tonight is a big big deal and 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 would be a great thrill and it's something that you know is always on that byline right so it's always part of that wikipedia look well we have to put this in full perspective too because throughout the last i mean throughout all of modern history of, of college sports and and the great history of both the montana state and montana athletic departments there's been a whole bunch of i mean it, it, relatively a whole bunch of guys that have had this opportunity in football you know there's there's been a you know a couple guys pretty much every year all the way since the Big Sky Conference first started in 1963, that uh, have at least you know been in the mix. They had a pro day. They they have an agent. They might get their name called. They might not. But they're expected to at least maybe get a shot with an NFL team. This is so much more rare for guys from Montana when it comes to the NBA. So regardless of what happens with Trace Tinkle, if he gets drafted tonight or not, I think it's an amazing accomplishment that he's reached this point. I mean, he finished his career as the all-time leading scorer in the history of Oregon State. He's one of the all-time leading scorers in the history of Pac-12 basketball. And when you look at just the history of the state of Montana, I mean, there's been very few guys that are from here or even played college basketball here that have had this opportunity. I mean, you look at guys that are maybe from out of state that came here to play, guys like Tyler Hall and Will Cherry. I don't think those guys ever really had real draft prospects. They, they got sniffs in the NBA, but they never had real draft prospects. Yep. You have to go all the way back to Larry Kristoviak in the That's mid-1980s, right. Michael Ray Richardson in the late 1970s for Montana and at Montana State, probably all the way back to the 60s with Jack Gillespie. When you talk about guys that are from Montana, the actual Montana natives, I mean, it's Kristoviak, it's Josh Hustis from Great Falls, and it's Wayne Estes from Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Those are basically the only guys that are true Montana natives that had this opportunity. So Trace Tinkle deserves a ton of credit for being able to do this. And, you know, I know that a lot of times haters will say, okay, he played for his daddy at Oregon State. He got to be a starter the whole time. Well, first of all, if you know Coach Tinkle, he's not handing Trace anything. Trace did not start initially at Oregon State. And when he got into rotation, 
it was pretty obvious that he, the only reason he wouldn't be playing is because his dad was the coach and sort of forced Wayne's hand, right? No, I mean, no, was, no question. But I also think that, you know, for for all the, the people that could say he had an elevated opportunity because of who his dad is, on the opposite side, I think that a lot of times it's even more difficult to play for your father. Definitely. You are... It's just human nature. You're going to be more scrutinized by your dad than anybody. It's just the way that it's going to go. by everybody else and by for everybody that else reason. too. Yeah. But you also, you can't screw up. You have to be, I mean, you're basically going to be anointed as a leader right away and you have to carry that torch no matter what your personality is. And mm-hmm. I thought Trace did a great job of navigating his career. So, I mean, they're... They're such a great family, and I think it's a huge moment for them. And regardless if he gets his name called or not, I think that Trace Tinkle has uh, a bright future ahead of him. He, he's going to play professionally somewhere on planet Earth for quite some time. Well, so I, I think that that's the, the best silver lining you can find. I mean, if anybody knows how to navigate the international waters if it comes to that, it would be probably his uh, his pops too, no doubt. But to your point, I mean, the, the, the names that are NBA guys from the state of Montana, you could probably fit on one hand. You know, and and so it's incredibly rare just to be at the spot that he is at right now, and uh, and a tremendous credit to him and the work that he has put in over time. Sutel Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. We'll take a break. On the other side, how about some wings to the Desperado? It is a Wednesday after all. Coulter's got some trivia questions for me. We got some wings for you. Stick around. We'll give them away right after this. You mentioned the fact that there's there's. Been- What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Anyone is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Trying to have a little, uh, you know, fun here today. Well, we try and do that a little bit every day. We've been doing this a long time, and yet, for some reason, it doesn't get old. My feeling is the reason it doesn't get old is because wings to the Desperado don't get old. Man, I had some on Monday Yeah, with uh, Voice of the Grizz. Thanks right for the invite. I did invite you. Yeah, I you invite did. you to every single thing that I do. <laughs> it's actually amazing. I invite you to 200 social activities you know, a year, and I, you participate in like three. Well, that's three more than most because I got, you know responsibilities your kids are always welcome and in fact you know that when you hang out with me it actually makes your job as a dad easier yeah because no. my number one son loves me more than anybody <laughs> uh Sorry, but girls. you want some wings give us a call 361-3688 the best wings in the city of missoula over at the desperado there on south russell across from the y the best in town you know it you love it so uh get some for free from us well from them through us, 361-3688. We got a basket of wings for you right here, right now. And associated with that, Coulter, it's time to do a little trivia. Now, do, do we have any, is it a theme today on the theme. trivia? Is, okay, uh, what's the theme of the trivia? championship trivia. And this is basically a listening test for you. State championship. It's, it's, this is all about the Class of State Championship in regards okay. to Missoula Sentinel. 
Okay. Uh, okay. Well, so I have told you the answers to every single one of these questions no less than 10 times in the last uh, two weeks. Okay. I'm ready to go over. Here we go. <laughs> Some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me what wings. Okay. Question number one, Coulter. Here we go. Sentinel State Championship. Question number one. Missoula okay. Sentinel plays Billings West in the Class AA State Championship. If you would have asked me who they played, on. I could have got it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, they play Billings West Friday night in Davis Stadium in Billings, and it is the first time since what year that a team from Missoula will play for the Class AA state title? Uh, 1994 is the last time a Missoula team played for the state championship. Great. Question number two. Who played in the 1994 state championship? I believe it was the Big Sky Screaming Eagles, and I have no idea who. The Big Sky Screaming Eagles beat the Missoula Hellgate Knights. Oh, was it the, de- was it a crosstown? That's the, right. Okay. In the Class LA Championship in 1994. Fantastic. That is the last state football championship by a Missoula team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three. When is the last time the Sentinel Spartans played in the Class LA State Championship game? They played and lost in 1984. That is correct. How's Great Falls CMR sound? I don't know. They were pretty good right yeah, about I think, that. I, yeah, I actually, I, I'd have to look up who they actually played in that game. Oh, but, you uh, don't know? Oh, good. That makes me happy. Well, I mean, chances are if it was then, it, you, you know, I think the Great Falls CMR is a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good bet because uh, CMR was in the midst of the height of the Jack Johnson um, era, and uh, they, they were certainly... I'm going to here. One sec, I'll give, I'll give you the Okay, uh, the well, you, actual, don't have, you can look it up at the end. It's no, it's, okay. it's easy. You're right. They lost 7-6 to six, the Great Falls CMR. Was it CMR? Yeah, hey, look that? at me. 7-6. Yep, how about that? Oh, the old days. Uh, you know what I did last night, Coulter? Yep. I watched on YouTube Super Bowl Nine between the Terry Bradshaw-led Pittsburgh Steelers and the Frank Tarkenton-led Fran, Minnesota. Fran, that's what I said, Frank. Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl nine two nothing uh, half to Tulane Stadium they play this thing outside in uh, in New Orleans warm weather not so much in whatever it was January guys slipping and falling all over the place it didn't even seem like it was like you know, there are a lot of people like eighty three thousand people bunch of people at the game but it was just. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Just line it up and just bang your head into a wall yeah, right yeah, in front yeah. of you. So, so it was uh, something else. All right, let's take this off the rails for a minute. Well, then. I have. Who was the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings in that Super Bowl? Mm, I don't know. It was Chuck Knoll for the Steelers. That was going to be my next question. Okay, it was Chuck Knoll for the Steelers. I don't know. Who was the, 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 the Vikings coach? Bud Smith. Hmm. Long-time Minnesota Vikings coach. Oh, Bud Grant. Sorry. sorry. My, excuse me. That's sacrilegious that I just did that to, yes, it is. to Coach Grant. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, Bud Grant, Bud Grant led uh, led the Vikings to an array of, of Four, Super Bowls. right? Four yeah, Super Bowls they, in the yeah, 70s. They, they lost in the, to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in 1969. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins in the Super Bowl in 1973. The Steelers in the Super Bowl that you are referring to. And then the Oakland Raiders. In 1976. I'll tell you what. There was an RCA uh, television commercial in uh, Super Bowl Nine, and a Miller High Life commercial in Super Bowl Nine that I will take with me for a very long time. Mm. It just, I mean, what have we done? Why have we wandered away from the glory that was television commercials in the 70s? Man. Too good to be true. Okay. Uh, what else? You got? you got any more for me over there? Uh, I do. All right. When was the last time Sentinel won a Class of LA State Championship? Well, I do know this. Okay. 1972. Great. Gino Leonard. Gene Kirk, Leonard. 
but Gino Leonard, right. current captain, linebacker, yes, yes. we're going to hear from at the top of the uh, of the hour, ESPN Roundtable, his grandfather, Gene, the head coach of that Spartan team in 1972. You know, I mean, you do get lineage guys, especially like in in some of the small towns, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, you just it's it's whether it's a farming or a ranching community and that kind of thing, and folks who are from that area, you know, you just have there's, there's only six eight guys on the team anyway, and then you know, every about. 15, 20 years, you got a guy with the same last name as the next one up. Anyway, uh, but it doesn't happen as much in, you know, in the bigger towns across the state. So pretty remarkable to have a, what's a three-generation now lineage of Spartans in that Leonard family. Yeah, I do find it interesting that it seems to me that, well, one of them, one of the factors is obvious. There's not a lot of third, second and third generation Big Sky Eagles around Missoula, but that's because the high school was not opened 80, until 1980. 1980. Yeah, yeah. And so there's just not a lot of, we haven't had the time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's interesting that there is a lot of Sentinel, uh, more it seems than, than Hellgate. And I don't really know what the, the reason is for that, but it seems a lot of times that Sentinel grads, are they stick around Missoula for generations at a time. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Uh, I got another good one for you. Okay. I'm, uh, you're killing I'm, it, dude. I'm, you're you're I'm all ready. over this. Oh boy, I feel well. You know, it's it's the only football happening around. I'm trying to you know get a little get a little uh, uh, what do I want to call it? Research done. You know. All right. What else? When was the first time Missoula Sentinel played for the class of oh, the This is the, for your reference. Missoula County Public High School yeah. split into Sentinel and Hellgate in 1962, I believe. So you're giving me a 10-year window. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't 72, I'll say, uh, you know, 1969 for obvious reasons. 1966 Woo! was the answer. This was a great tidbit from uh, Frank Gogola's story in the Missoulian this morning. Okay. 1966, Missoula Sentinel and Great Falls High played to a 7-7 tie. The, uh, <laughs> so they, they were they were co-state champions. There was no uh, overtime. No overtime, huh? Nope. Uh, a couple figures in that game that went on to great prominence. Uh, Kenny Stanger was the quarterback for the Missoula Sentinel Spartans. Uh, Kenny is a guy that then made a, a huge name in both real estate as well as then as a sports agent in Montana. And we talk a lot about um, guys from Montana, guys that play at the Montana programs that mm-hmm. go to the NFL. And we've talked extensively about all of the reasons why there was such a great lineage, particularly at the University of Montana, of guys from the state that then went to the NFL. And we've talked a lot about why that that pipeline seems to have run dry. There is no current, uh, there is no former Grizz currently in the NFL. There's the, uh, the only team in the Big Side Conference that does not have at least one former player in the NFL. That's, that's a striking statistic within itself. You can talk about the departure of Bobby Houck before his return. Point being... You can talk about multiple different head coaches. The point is, I think that the one factor that we don't give enough credit to is the fact that Ken Staniger was one of the prominent agents in, in the entire Western United States, mm. and he's based in Missoula, Montana. Yeah, that's a good and point. And so he was representing guys from all across. I mean, he represented guys like Mark Rippin and Ricky Ray, and I mean, he was kind of the, the – I wrote a story on Kenny when we inducted him to the Montana Football Hall of Fame right uh, after he had passed away uh, just a couple years back. And I had a quote, uh, one of the sources I had, they called him the Drew Rosenhaus of the CFL. He, he was like the hot shot agent that was getting the big contracts for the quarterbacks in the NFL, including Dave Dickinson. But I just think that having a guy that had clout 
not just for representing the small school minimum salary guys, but that had, you mean, I mean, Mark Rippon, when he signed that contract after being the Super Bowl MVP in the early 1990s, that was one of the biggest contracts in the history of the NFL. I think right. he was the second highest paid quarterback in the league behind Dan Marino. Right. And so Kenny had that sort of clout, and then he was going to bat for Montana guys. I think it's an underrated part of why the Grizz pipeline uh, has maybe dried up. One last cool statistic, for, or one last cool uh, reference on that 1966 game. The Great Falls High head coach was... Sonny Holland. Mm. This is Sonny Holland's first coaching gig. Wow. Sonny Holland uh, had graduated from Montana State in 1960. I think that he had been coaching around a couple different places. Leeds Griffiths High State Championship game. And then uh, all of a sudden he parlays that into becoming uh, among the great coaches in the history of Montana State and the history of the Big Sky Conference. Very good. It's 2 Tell the one is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Here's what we got. Another basket of wings for Woo! me. 361-3688. 361-3688. Give us a call. Give Reese your information. We'll get you set up with that. On the other side, we'll hear a little bit about the Class C eight-man title matchup, and also we'll hear from Montana head men's basketball coach. Just a little bit from Travis DeCure. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the wind gate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the wind gate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula. It's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. We are always into something. At Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. If you are uh, looking for us on Twitter, we are there. Uh, we got a little bit for you on uh, the Class C 8 man, but wanted to play a little bit. We had a, a chance, as Coulter mentioned, to talk with Travis Secure, the head coach of the uh, University of Montana men's basketball uh, team earlier today. He did a, a Zoom presser with a number of members of the media. And uh, you're going to hear portions of this as we lead up to opening night. A week from today is the opening of college basketball. And uh, in the next hour, we're going to get into particularly the non-conference basketball schedules for both Montana and Montana State's men's teams, which we have been waiting to see what was going to kind of come out on those. And we have uh, we have those for you. So we'll get into that. But wanted to play just a little bit from Travis Secure. This is with Coulter's question in here and then uh, and then respond to this a little bit and just uh, hear what he's got to say about finishing up a basketball season and the zero year and all that. So here you go, Travis Secure from earlier today. You mentioned the fact that there's, there's been a lot of scuttle about maybe if the NCAA tournament didn't happen, some schools still trying to find a way to have some sort of money-making venture. Do you worry about smaller conferences like the Big Sky getting left behind if that's the case? Um, you know, I honestly feel like there's a lot of coaches in, in at least that I've had interaction with nationally that 
whether there was NC2 money, NC2A money out there or not, that they would like to see a way to get their student athlete on the floor um, because that's what those students want. And, and like I say, there's a lot of perspective out there in terms of why they're out there more so than just how much money someone's going to make off of a tournament, right? The NBA draft is taking place tonight and there's some young men out there that didn't have a postseason last year that are being affected. Um, there's some seniors that moved on that didn't have opportunities to play professionally because of the way their seasons ended. And, and you're looking at another cycle of that. If we don't play basketball this year, you're looking at a high school class. And, and let's just go top to bottom. Let's take NC2A out of it and look at NAIA Division Three. Look at the small levels of young men and women that – are using basketball as an opportunity to get an education and move forward. I've got a young man on my team right now that I'm not going to play professional basketball, but you know what? He, he's got a mentor. Um, he's, he's, he's applied for an internship that could lead to a very um, profitable, successful career in business two years from now. And if it weren't for basketball, he wouldn't have this opportunity. So I, I think there's more, athletes that are benefiting from playing the sport outside of being a professional or NC2A dollars coming back to their department. And those are the ones that we also need to um, be cognizant of when we have these conversations, the future college athletes and the current ones that are using this as a tool to get their academics uh, moving forward and having career and being successful in life and contributing to these communities. There's a lot of businesses out there that recruit athletes and they don't really care how many points they scored, or how many touchdowns they scored, but they want to know that they came from a competitive environment and they also handled adversity and got up in the morning and went to class and passed those classes and, and, and had a way to learn, even though they weren't in class every day. Those are the ones that they assume will be successful moving on in life. And if you don't have these things taking place, those kids now lose some of the advantages that they might've had of being an athlete moving forward in their life outside of be, be continuing to play. There you go. Travis DeCure talking about the importance of playing basketball for some reasons outside of basketball. And I thought that was very pertinent, right? Coulter, when you, you know, you go like, look, there's a bunch of players. We, we always, we, we talk about guys who, you know, everybody playing division one basketball has aspirations of playing in the NBA. And certainly, you know, at some point, probably all of them did. That doesn't mean everybody playing, Division one basketball, especially at the Big Sky Conference, thinks that they're headed to the league. I think a lot of them know that they're not. But you can play just for loving to play. Maybe you maybe you do have professional aspirations elsewhere. Or maybe, as Coach DeCure said, hey, you're getting an education. You're getting a scholarship. You have an opportunity to uh, uh, start your professional career path. But the opportunity to do all that is because of basketball yeah. uh, or because of the sport that you play. And, you know, we we earlier today, we, as we'll hear next week, we talked with Trey John Cotton, who's a new cornerback for the uh, Grizzlies. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore uh, transferring in from, from Oregon State. But because of a redshirt year and an, and an injury that he got credited back to him, he's already in the spring of this year going to graduate <laughs> With three years of eligibility left, well, he's going into public health, or he's majoring in public health, planning to get his master's then in public health, which is phenomenal. Does he have a chance to play in the NBA? He might. He's a really good player, and he's going to be 
28 by the time he's done playing football if he wants to be. So we'll see how it develops. But guess what? Football has been the way in which he's become the first member of his family who's going to have a college degree. And not just that, he's going to have a graduate degree by the time it's all said and done. So that's that's big time stuff. And a lot of times it gets overlooked. And I, I you know, I certainly have been of the persuasion of, of stuff like the NIL stuff and even maybe trying to find a way to stipend or pay players. You know, I advocate for that because I think that it's I think that it's fair. But also there's a lot of things beyond just playing basketball that athletes get. And that is also very, very true and needs to be highlighted. And I think that's a good those are all points well made by Coach DeCure. I mean, I think that what he said was maybe something that gets lost sometimes, too, is that being a student athlete is so challenging, not because of just the physical rigors, but because of the time management and because of the, the amount of time that it takes for you to be able to dedicate uh, hours of your day to each element of it. Conditioning, right. school, practice, team, social. It, it is a lot more. I'm not going to say more difficult than being an everyday college student. It's just a lot more time consuming. And for mm-hmm. some people, that is very difficult. I think a lot of guys that I knew that played college football, for example, the number one reason they walked away is they just didn't like the amount of time that it consumed. They just didn't like the fact that, you know, you're probably not going skiing if you're a college football player very often, if ever at all. And uh, so, but I think that it is an apt point that businesses do recruit from athletic departments quite often because those people, they are going to be competitive. They are going to be able to handle adversity. They are going to know how to lose and then rebound from losing. They are going to be able to know how to manage their time uh, efficiently. And they're going to know how, uh, how to just attack life with that competitive mindset. And I just think it's interesting when it comes to tonight's NBA draft too, because I think that there's, first of all, this class is highlighted by a lot of guys that even if this was a normal year would not have played uh, much college basketball. We have not. We would not have seen James Wiseman play very much, even if it wasn't the pandemic. Right. I mean, he basically opted out after his uh, seven. What do you play? Six or seven games in Memphis for Penny Hardaway, yeah, and then totally. basically shut it down. But then you have guys like you know Anthony Edwards, who's uh, a one and done guy at Georgia, and Lamelo Ball, who's been playing overseas. So I think there's mystery even without the pandemic. Now it's heightened, and you just wonder how that affects the way that. Um, the draft plays out tonight because I think that there's uh, an ability maybe for some teams to get some steals if they were able to evaluate a player more efficiently, but also there could be a chance for uh, for some big busts as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Do you have any gauge on this NBA draft? Have you? I mean, it's it, it, usually there's so much hype leading up to it because you're just getting done with March Madness. You just saw, you know, a lot of times you see these guys that emerge as guys that are going to be lottery picks or even, you know, top five picks because they kill it uh, in the NCAA tournament but we haven't seen a college basketball game since last February. And so there seems like there's hardly any hype around this. Do you have any gauge over the, on this NBA draft whatsoever? No, and I never do. And the reason is, is because there's a handful of kids that are the one and done kids that you watch play. And if it's a guy like Zion Williamson, he's going to bring so much, sure. you know, clout to it. And, and even before, I mean like Marvin Bagley, right? Marvin Bagley is an unbelievable college player sure. and he's a good pro, but he's not overwhelming yet. He may be he's still yeah. very young. Uh, but he's got he's had a battle a little bit of a knee thing too. Yeah, yeah. But with big guys, it's always going to hinder you. I guess the point is, is like you know, he's a was he number one overall? He's number two number overall. Two. Okay, so he you know you you do you do miss out on some of that stuff a little bit. But the bigger thing to me is the influence of the international players, the choice of guys like. Uh, which which ball son are we on here? Lamelo, Lamelo, yep. playing overseas sure. instead of playing in college, and 
And so, you know, everybody knows who he is as a result of his father, of his brothers, et cetera. But nobody really knows him as a basketball player. I'm talking about fans now. The scouts mm-hmm. do, but not his fans. It, because, you know, we didn't, we didn't see him play. So that's the thing that where where you kind of lose it. Everybody talks about Wiseman, this, that, and the other, and Edwards and so on. That's all well and good. But again, even even with the season, even with them playing, seen them, you know, what, what, what do we got? I don't know. Yeah, so, so I got two more questions for you. The, one, go ahead. one, I think we, we can get to the class of the eight-man stuff yeah. at the top of the next segment. Okay. So parlay nice with our ESPN round. Very table. good. The uh, uh, Two questions, though. One, the, the Olympics, the, the dream team, yeah, in the '90s, sort of opened the door for international players, but we didn't actually see the the international players start to really flood the NBA until the late '90s. Dirk Nowitzki sort of leading, being one of the leading guys, and then you had you know Peja Stojakovic and, and Hidu Turkulu and some of those guys. But then it became this en vogue thing to try to go find that diamond in the rough, that next Dirk. And then you had guys like Andre Bargnani and Nicholas Nicholas Fishvili and all these guys that were top five picks that that weren't really cut out for it. They they couldn't develop into what what Dirk Nowitzki had become. And, and I think that NBA teams started to realize that that was kind of a moment in time. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki learned basketball from the German dignitary who had learned basketball from James Naismith. Like, what sort of confluence of events is that? That's amazing that Dirk Nowitzki basically secondhand learned basketball from the creator of basketball. That's a, that's an astounding premise. But I, I guess this is we've seen the evolution of the Euro League now, though, because of, of just modern technology and everything. Now that there's there's this... Ultimate, there's this penultimate Euro League that is the top league, and Luka Doncic tore that league apart. Do you think that that then reopens and reignites teams in terms of trusting international players? Well, in other words, does Lomelo Ball's numbers from this last year stand up more than what Division One numbers stand up from this past year? I don't know if more, but certainly not less. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know that Luka Doncic. Uh, is the guy, but I mean, even Kristaps Porzingis, you know, a couple of years before that, and and even before that, I mean, I think that people are seeing guys like Jokic and and that develop who are not. I mean, Nikola Jokic, I don't know where he was drafted. Uh, you know, he's a good, second round, high, 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 you know, he's drafted, but he didn't come in with a ton of fanfare. But you see the way he develops, and again, the shift in the appreciation of the skill of basketball as opposed to the athleticism of basketball and the more that teams are able to you know buy into that and 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 be believers in it so you know this whole thing it used to be right i mean this is going back a while 20 years whatever but you know the european players are soft can they stand up to the physicality that is real nba basketball and you know that may not have been entirely misjudged at for a space and time but it ain't it that, that's not the rule of the day today that's not what it's about so i don't think that anybody has any inhibitions about drafting anybody from anywhere quite frankly i mean the turkish league is great the, the sure. you know the well, most nba teams have international scouting departments now too, right. and you've also seen the infiltration people you see the infiltration of i mean there's probably a, you know a handful of gms that are international themselves so they have i mean like the guys uh Missouri, who's the GM for the Raptors, right? I mean, yeah. he has added such an international flavor. So I think, I mean, it seems to me the guys that uh, maybe don't 
become straight smash hits are still pretty solid. You know what I mean? Like Dario Saric or like Yusuf Nurkic. Like these guys are good players. Even we haven't seen the bust like a Darko Milicic in quite some time. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of great players from the Eastern Bloc uh, of Europe, from Spain, from where you know, from South America, all over the place. Really, really good players. So, um, yeah, there and and right now, I don't know. Two or three of the be- ten best players in the league are, you know, European players. So yeah, uh, that, 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 there's no there's no question about that. It's just a matter of seeing them. But that's also another reason why you don't see it. Here's here's the most intriguing thing to me mm-hmm. about tonight's draft. Mm-hmm. The second pick in the draft, sure, to the Golden State Warriors. Right. I mean, the, you know what this is? This is the Indianapolis Colts having Peyton Manning forever. He hurts. He gets hurt is out. They're awful. They win two games, get the number one overall pick, and who happens to be standing there, Andrew Luck. Now, I don't know that there's an Andrew Luck, per se, waiting for the Golden State Warriors, but they are loaded with everybody. You know, everybody other than 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 than, than Kevin Durant, who was there, is still there. Now, questions of health are certainly a concern, and you could even start to get into maybe a little bit of the age conversation, but if you can reload with a two, this number two overall pick with that group, that's insane. Speaking of the Golden State Warriors, this is actually horrible news. This is this is just from about 30 minutes ago. This is from The Athletic. Uh, Warriors star Clay Thompson appeared to suffer a lower leg injury today and is undergoing tests to determine the severity. That ain't good. That is but, not good. But a couple other rumors from around. Because uh, I think that the, the Warriors, this gives the Warriors um, a lot of flexibility. The most intriguing part is that I, I don't think that the Warriors want LaMelo Ball. They have enough on-ball guards on that team. I, they're going to get Wiseman. You think that they're going to – they yes. want the 7-1 guy. I think they're going to get Anthony Edwards. I think they want Anthony Edwards. Well, I don't. I think they probably would love Anthony Edwards. I think that the war, war, Wolves is the T-Wolves, are going yeah, to get Anthony past Edwards. the T-Wolves. Yeah, that, that's going to be the thing. Yeah, well, the, the T-Wolves didn't work out Wiseman, so Wiseman might drop. I just don't know how Wiseman fits in. I mean, Wiseman's 7-1. Like, how does that fit into their system? Maybe it does. I don't know. James Harden we were talking about yesterday. Sure. Find me a system where he does work. And he can, but he has to change. Sure. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, find me a system where they don't work. Yeah. They're going to work. I mean, what they do, who they are, it just it just works. I could completely see, I mean, a rim-running athletic seven-footer with that group. Yeah. Give, me, give, give that to me all day. Well, the other thing to remember is that they do have Andrew Wiggins, which was something that really was uh, under the radar last year because they basically had to shut it down and then they didn't go to the bubble. But there's been a lot of rumors, too, that maybe they packaged the number two deal, the number two pick and Wiggins for somebody. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, you, 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 got the, you got the team right now to be competitive, to go after another championship. Right, unless Clay Thompson's hurt, though. Well... Okay, 30 minutes ago, well, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. But I'm just saying, you know, why what are you, what are you trying to do? Don't you don't they don't need to go all in to win a championship. They've already won 3 championships. It's they are, they're there. You, what you want to do is elongate this and you had an awful year that all of a sudden strangely benefits you heading forward because you you weren't actually bad, you were just really injured. So Let's take a look. Stu Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio, the NBA draft coming up at the top of the hour here on ESPN for you. But next, our ESPN roundtable, the four captains 
of the Sentinel Spartans, Dylan Rollins, Dayton Bay, Gino Leonard, Soren Seavrud. They have gone undefeated through the first nine games. They play in the state championship Friday. We talk to uh, the group next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. <laughs> 